Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clean. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Moon. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi oh! This next one's for you too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome, everyone, to episode 192 of the NBA Podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we are going to preview the NBA's Christmas slate of games, highlight some of the big storylines and matchups that you should keep an eye out for. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handle, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Joining me today is my very stable genius of co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. It's Christmas Eve over here, so when I told my wife that I would be podcasting with you, she was like, of course you would. That's, <laughs> yeah. I know who you are. That yeah. is fine. I love you either way. Just remember that. <laughs> I appreciate, as always, her generosity with your time. Uh, I wish we could have gotten this one out earlier, but I've been working the last couple of days, unfortunately. So we're going to a belated Christmas Day preview special that you'll have like 12 hours to listen to before the Christmas stuff actually starts. And then you could just Hashtag laugh. Hashtag evergreen. Yeah, right. <laughs> then you could go back and laugh at how wrong we were with all of our predictions, which is oh, what yeah. I think most of you do anyway. So it'll be great. Uh, more, let's just dive right in. We got five games on Christmas Day, and mm-hmm. you know, I usually you play the Grinch in, during the holiday times, but I'm gonna be honest, right. like I'm not very hyped about these games either. Like they look. What? Are you telling me you're not looking forward to watching Ennis Candor like go into the post? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna start my day with a rousing dose of the New York Knicks. I'm very excited. I, I mean. <laughs> Look, I a lot of these games looked better in theory two months ago or three months ago when the NBA came up with the schedule, so I can't really fault them. But I I have some remorse about some of these matchups, which we'll go into. So yeah, let's let's start with the first game: Milwaukee Bucks at New York Knicks. As you alluded, the New York Knicks have no business being here on Christmas Day, aside from the fact they just play in a giant market and they're a super marketable team. Maybe the NBA was hoping Kristaps Porzingis was going to be back in time. That's the only other possible explanation I have here. Well, I have a different explanation. Okay. Giannis Antetokounmpo, first Mm. Christmas Day game, first Christmas Day game in the Garden. I think the NBA were betting on the Knicks being a tire fire. (laughs) Right. And then on Christmas Day that they would just unleash Giannis upon the Knicks. Yeah. So, and I think I think they have a point if that's the if that's the mindset because as you pointed out to me prior to us recording, Mario Hisonia dunked on Giannis pretty hard, yep. and 
you know, there were a whole debacle, and Yadis was like, "Oh, I'm going to basically murder you next time I I play you." <laughs> right. There was a, there was a step over, I believe, shades yep. of Iverson over Tyron Liu. Right. Yeah. Just inter- the international version. <laughs> <laughs> right. And yes, as you alluded to, Giannis did not take kindly to that and said, basically, like, "I'm going to remember this after the game, and we're back here in three weeks." So, right. Yeah. And he has like a very modest career high, Giannis is. Mm-hmm. Like it's I think it's forty four. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you for a second. And I'm gonna go all out hard. Sixty. Sixty on Christmas Day. Sixty on Christmas Day. I like it. I mean Only if the Knicks keep it close. Yeah, so this is the first <laughs> time, right? This is the first time I'm going to be sitting there rooting for you know Tim Hardaway Jr. knocking down shots. I don't even know if he's healthy. I haven't watched the Knicks for a couple of weeks. Right, Kevin like, Knox. What? Kevin, Kevin Knox. Knox. Yeah, like just just keep it close, Knicks. <laughs> so so Giannis can get his his sixty. Right. I'm there. I'm sixty. Yeah. I mean, fifty is just too low. They did. The Knicks beat the Bucks a couple of weeks ago in overtime. Mm-hmm. So added fuel. Yeah, so there is hope. Yeah, at the Garden, so there is hope that maybe they can keep it competitive. I mean, Kevin Knox has been playing better as of late. He was like, you know, he got hurt early in the season, and then Fizdale has just been <laughs> changing his starting lineup pretty much every game. Uh, but it seems like Knox has finally started to get into a little bit of a rhythm. So right. he had twenty six against the Knicks. He was, came off the bench that game, uh, but was against second. the Bucks. Oh yeah, sorry against the Bucks. Yeah, was second uh, on the team that day to Emmanuel Mudiay, who had twenty eight, and then Hardaway had twenty one in forty seven minutes. This was an overtime game, so it wasn't. Fizdale is not running Tom Thibodeau rotations. Do not worry. Right, right. So yeah, I mean, this I I think you're right. The Hazonia revenge factor is definitely like honestly this is one of the games i'm most excited about just because of like the potential for Giannis to be so petty and also Mm -hmm. like the knicks have a terrible defense i think they're last of the league or second to last of the league and the bucks have either the best offense or the second best offense in the league so like there will be points in this game this is not going to be a defensive-minded game at least on one side of the court like the bucks are i think you're right Giannis, especially, you know, given the history of Madison Square Garden, like, I think he's the next in line, like, you know, Kobe and MJ and LeBron and Steph, all of these superstars have iconic performances at the Garden at some point in their careers. Tomorrow might be it. Yeah, it might be it for Giannis. And I just found out something. Mitchell Robinson, New York's leading shot blocker and interior defensive presence, is Uh out. This is going to be like Giannis going to the rim on like 50 or 60 drives. He's just going to take it yeah. every time. Like who's there? Like Noah Vonley? Yeah. Like who's who's going to be there? Noah Vonley and Ennis Cantor. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, go get yours, Giannis. Yeah. Straight up layup line. It's going to be great. I love it. And this is why it's actually my favorite, you know, Game. I, I made fun of the Knicks right at the beginning of the show. Right. But at the same time, this is the game I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah. I mean, I just enjoy Giannis. Like, seeing this version of Giannis unleashed is really, I mean, it really is incredible. And I, he's one of those guys where 
it doesn't matter who he's playing or when he's playing. Like, you just have to tune in to watch him. So for that yeah. reason, you know, I wish he was playing a better opponent so we could actually have a chance of seeing him in the fourth quarter, which doesn't like Denver? Seem... Yeah, Denver would have been nice. Or... Yeah, I would have liked to see that finals matchup as well. Future <laughs> finals matchup as well. Right, or like a Toronto maybe, but... Oh. Right? Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, you don't know? No, I'm going to challenge you there. Okay. Toronto should not play the Bucks. They should play Golden State. Yeah, well, that's fair. Yeah, but we'll get back to Golden State because I am... I'm done with this LeBron-Golden State thing. I'm done. <laughs> you and me both, my friend. Well, luckily, you, we are done with it because it's not going to happen in the finals this year. Unless, That's true. Unless, of course, LeBron forces the Warriors to trade themselves to the Eastern Conference, seeing as he is a general manager. I don't know if that's possible, though. No. Well, I'm not going to put it past you know <laughs> the line of realism at this point. Right, correct. Dear Adam Silver... For my Christmas gift, I wish. <laughs> I I am not sick of losing enough to the Warriors in the finals. Please yeah. force them back to the East so we could have I year want five. More. Yeah. Yeah. Please, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> All right. Uh, any other takes about Nick's Bucks, or should we move on to the second game? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's... Uh, I'm going to be serious for a second. I think it's okay. really important for the Knicks... Uh, to just stay ready after this game because I'm assuming that a lot of their players will, will definitely need treatment both you know physically and psychologically. <laughs> sure. Um, after Giannis completely and utterly makes a fool of them. Yep. Um, so I think it's really really imperative that that they get the proper care that they need <laughs> afterwards. Very in the holiday spirit of you. So altruistic. <laughs> I mean, look, Kevin Knox, let, can, let's talk about Kevin Knox for a second because he legitimately right. has been, you know, again, he was, he was very kind of inconsistent after he came back from the ankle injury. In the last right. seven games, he's averaging 20 points on 43% shooting, almost seven rebounds, an assist, three threes a game. Yeah. Uh, 0.7 steals, 0.4 blocks. Like, you know, he took the league by storm at Summer League and then. The hype kind of petered out because he got injured so quickly, and then again, thirty-five percent shooting in summer league, though. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, he looked like a potential steal, and like oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Now you know, now he's started six of the last seven games. He was you know he he only started three prior to this, so it it seems like the Knicks have finally they've given up the ghost. They they're like all right. Even if Kristaps comes back, we're not making the playoffs this year. Now right. it's time to get our young guys some burn. Let's like let let's play Kevin Knox 35, 36 minutes a night. Let him take his lumps now. So then next year, when Kristaps is back, when we have Kevin Durant in the fold, and we have Kevin Knox, like those guys are ready to go right away. I liked what you did right there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thank so you. Silently, but, but no, honestly, look, I, I crab on the Knicks a lot, and they are horrible right now. Right. But they do have a very solid foundation because right now they're getting, you know, the fringe guy calls right. Like yeah. they're finding those guys who are just turning, you know, a profit for them in terms of what they produce on the court versus their contractual status. Like Alonzo Trier, you and I talked about yeah. Trier before the draft, where we had him as one of the. The guys that if they, he went undrafted or even late in the second round, he would be a complete steal. Yeah. And I think I even went as far as said, you know, I would probably reach for him late in the first. 
Mm-hmm. He went undrafted, and New York immediately picked him up, and look what he's doing. Like yeah. 11 points a game. Like, fair enough, he's he's very much an ISO scorer. He's very much offensive-minded. He's not one of those two-way players. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. Yeah. Like for Because given where he was and given how you didn't you know use a pick on him and the low salary, what he's doing right now is perfectly fine. Right. And f- for a rebuilding team to hit on those margin players Mm -hmm. that's just crucial for their overall development and their overall progress in a rebuild so good on the knicks for actually doing this and i and i think a part of it might be you know that james dolan has kind of stepped away from the team a little bit yeah and not being in the day-to-day like look what you can accomplish if your incompetent owner just steps (laughs) away right damian dotson too damian dotson noah bonley yeah like they they do you're right they do have a nice group of like complimentary rotation players. They just need their one or two stars, but they have one in Kristaps. He's just hurt. And like yeah. most teams would be bad if their top player went down. Look at the Grizzlies last year. Mike Conley goes down, they win twenty two games. He comes back, they're a playoff team again. Right. And I like the fact that you didn't include Tim Hardaway in this like as a star. No. God like no. we all know. Right. But but the thing is like, we have a guy who's averaging 21 a game, <laughs> yeah. and he's still, like, an afterthought. Yeah, and yeah. we're still very optimistic about the Knicks, which is – that's that just proves a point to me. That proves that that guy is probably not meant long for the Knicks. He's right. a trade asset. Yeah. But, you know, you're still optimistic even though you have this guy who's earning, like, what he – what did what did Hardaway sign for? Was it 72 million 72, over four years? yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, and even then, like, there's optimism to be found. So good on the Knicks. Like – you're bad right now. Good right. lord, you're bad. But right. moving forward, eh, it's fine. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's move to the second game. OKC versus Houston. Oh, God. This game, so this is what... Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Saying this is like one of those games that comes out in like August or September, whenever the Christmas Day schedule yeah. was announced, and that looks like the second best team versus the third best team in the West. Right. So you're like excited about it, you know that this is a team, a Rockets team that won what 65 games last year that you know, push the Warriors to seven. We were concerned about the losses they suffered this summer, Riza and Luke Mbamute, but we figured, you know, they're not going to fall off to the extent that they have. Now <laughs> you have a Rockets <laughs> team that is barely, you know, if the playoffs started today, they would be in, but they're the last team in. Chris Paul is now out for a couple weeks, at least with a hamstring injury. I mean, James Harden is, you know, still doing James Harden things. He looks incredible as he usually does Clint Capella has been very good as well but Eric Gordon's been a tire fire they did just sign Austin Rivers so he's not going to Shanghai as you suggested last episode 
Well, you know, the Rockets do have ties to Shanghai. <laughs> that's, that's true. Maybe that'll be their G League. They'll just send them there instead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Yao, we finally got him in the fold. What can we do? <laughs> well, so let's talk about the Rockets first. Do you think, I mean, we don't know how long Chris Paul's going to be out, but at right. least a few weeks. Obviously, I'm not even going to say, like, can Austin Rivers replace Chris Paul? Because the answer is no. You know, it's Chris Paul. Right. But do you think Austin Rivers does provide them with, like, somewhat of a safety blanket for the for the next few weeks at least? I would just more call it, like, a healthy body. Yeah. <laughs> to, to make sure that they can actually roll out a roster. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, Look, Rivers is not bad per se. He's just... He was overpaid, and he has a tendency to believe that his role is way higher than it should be. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's a lot about you know the perception of himself and what he can do as a player. Like when he's down and dirty defensively, he's actually an asset. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of him when he thinks that he has to shoot fifteen times a game, he just doesn't assert himself defensively to the same extent. So when he comes to the Rockets, I hope Dan Tony like sits him down. And I hope, well, he he sat with the Rockets now, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I hope that, that Dan Sony sat him down and went, you know what? We're going to need your energy, but we're not going to need your energy to go out and take, you know, 15, 16 shots and be like an ISO player and a high right. volume guy. No, you know, we need to bring, we need you to bring energy defensively. Like, and if you have layups and you can, you know, back cut and whatnot and an open three, fine. Like, take those shots. That That's completely fine. Just score within the flow of the offense, bring energy clam down on defense that's all i want to see yeah right i would hope that playing next to james f and harden that he he's not like oh no i'm on the same level i'm, I'm the best player on this team like, right right you know hopefully i i am interested to see once chris paul comes back how he and rivers coexist because it seems like there was some not so great history between them on the clippers although you know like yep. i think michael eaves of espn reported on that at some point but it also seems like a lot of that may have been tied to, you know, Austin was playing for his dad. So I think a lot of Chris's gripes were like, uh, he felt that Doc had some preferential treatment for Austin over the rest of the team, which... No, you right. don't say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, maybe he does feel a little more strongly about his son. Uh, so with Mike D'Antoni, hopefully that's not an issue. It is going to be interesting to see how he fits in there and... I mean, look, the the Rockets just didn't have really any alternative. I mean, it was like Michael Carter-Williams and Brandon Knight. (laughs) No, that was unfortunate. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not like Austin Rivers doesn't have a spectacularly high ceiling, but I think he has a higher floor than either of those two guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. What I'm sitting here thinking is, so Chris Paul brought in one of his best buds, Carmelo Anthony, who yeah. lasted 10 games. Yeah. Now he's getting Austin Rivers there, a guy who he had issues with. <laughs> right. What does that mean, right? No, I, I think you're right. Uh, I hope that that it, it was a question of, of Doc, honestly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and more so that inflated contract and the added minutes. Like, if if Austin is just given a role that fits his talent, yeah, that's that's fine. You know, yep. but I, he has to accept it himself as well. Like right. it's a two-way street. Yeah, right. but it's it sure as hell a bit an improvement in front of you know Mario Carter Williams and Brandon Knight. I mean, what <laughs> right. combined they played twenty-two games. Yeah, yeah, it's I not mean, great. Yeah, 
No, 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 no. They they need some sort of guard help. Yeah. Because right now James Harden is being Derek Rose. Yeah. Yep. And so the Rockets, I mean, they had a brutal start to the season, but they have actually come on somewhat hot as of late. They've won six of their past seven. A lot of those were at home, but they beat Portland, the Lakers, the Grizzlies, the Jazz, the Spurs. They lost by two points at Miami. They beat the Wizards. Whoop-de-doo. But the Wizards with Trevor Ariza, I guess, so that was actually somewhat notable. So they've beaten a lot of good teams lately. Do you think they have any chance against OKC without Chris Paul? I mean, yeah. It's it's the NBA. Everyone yeah. has a chance at, at, at anyone. Um and here's the thing. I, when it comes to Christmas games specifically, mm-hmm. just to, like to preface this, I, I don't really care about the result there. I care <laughs> about the entertainment fa- factor because it's just past Christmas. You're sitting there eating like leftover turkey sandwiches or in my case, you know, leftover duck sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And like you just want to kick back and watch some entertaining ball. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I'm just I don't care about the results for this particular day. Right. But but I I I think both teams have an equal shot, honestly, because mm. you know Houston is still a powerhouse offensively. Yeah. Like they're still making and taking the most threes, and then you have OKC, who's the last time I checked, they were at least in the bottom five, I want to say, in three point field goal percentage and mm-hmm. makes. Mm. So, and you know, going back to what Popovich said, I think a couple weeks ago. Whereas, you know, frequently when you look at at a, at, a, at a game, you can find the winner in terms of who, who hits the most threes. Right. I, I think that was an oversimplification. I don't think it's that simple. Yeah. I think there's way more to it. But I do think that he leans up on a point that is somewhat true. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, talk to the Clippers after they, what, they had like 17 of 22 and still lost against the Warriors? Right. The, that's the Warriors, though. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, no, but yeah, you're right. right. You're right. The The Thunder are 26th in three-point makes, 28th in three-point shooting percentage. Mm. I think the interesting matchup, at least, that I'm excited to watch is Paul George versus James Harden. Paul George on D right. versus James Harden on O, because the Thunder did use him as Harden's primary defender in their first matchup this season. Uh, the Thunder held the Rockets to a season-low 80 points. This was back on November 8th. It Which was, is ridiculous. Yeah, I know. It was like it was just a absolute smothering performance. Mm-hmm. You know, Harden still he got his, but not efficiently, and the Rockets just didn't have anyone else. And now with Paul out specifically, it feels like if Paul George plays the defense he played that first matchup, he's just going to cut off the head of the snake, and I don't know where the offense is coming from for Houston. Right, and it's not like James Harden is going to go back on that and cut the head off the snake on the other way. Like, right. that's not going to happen. <laughs> right, right. Right. So I'm glad you brought up Paul George yeah. because I'm still seeing Thunder Twitter <clears throat> insist upon itself in regards to Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's still the best player. He's still, you know, the top dog. Mm. Can we can we please can we please acknowledge what is true right now? That the best player in OKC is by far Paul George. Oh, like I it's won't, this I won't go this by year. Far. Oh, come on, man. Not by far. Tw- all right, 20 26 points a game, 8 assist or 8 rebounds, 4 and a half assists, 2 steals. 
makes almost three and a half threes a game. Yeah. Ha, you know, has a true shooting percentage of almost 59. Yeah. Russ has a true shooting percentage of 48. I know. Yeah. He, I mean, he's been awful from three this year in particular. And the free throw line. And, yeah. like, he's just... I'm going to say it, okay? Russ is in a decline. Uh-oh. Look at last. Look at look at after the the, the MVP year. Mm. Look up Russ. Have Russ ha, have his numbers up. Yeah. Look at the free throw specifically. It went from I believe eighty four to seventy three point seven down to sixty. Mm-hmm. Like the skills are not there to back up the lacking. Uh, you know the the lack of explosivity. Like he is becoming you know one step slower, and he just doesn't have the skill set anymore. It's, his explosiveness wouldn't affect his free throw shooting. I no, mean, that's true. That's but no, because but, that's been good. Yeah, like there are different areas of it. Right, but that was just right. one example. The, I mean, his free throw. If you're concerned about anything on the free throw angle, aside from the shooting, it's he's just drawing a lot less free throw attempts as you like the MVP. Which season. might be a good thing this year. <laughs> yeah, right. But like the MB, yeah, MVP season, he had ten point four. And he right. hit it at four, 84.5%. Last year, 7.1, as you said, at 73.7%. This year, 5.4, which he hasn't he hasn't been that low since his second season. Mm. He's had at least six free throw attempts per game in each of the last eight seasons. And yet right. he's shooting a career worst 60.5% from the line. What I'm pointing out, or what I'm trying to say, is rather that because he's playing in in a way that is out of rhythm for him now. Mm-hmm. Because he, he just doesn't get to the basket as easily as he once did. Right. Like, he's not this overpowering presence anymore. Yeah. And it feels like because of that, his entire game is just out of whack. Mm. His If you look at the way he shoots shoots three now threes now, mm-hmm. like, he just doesn't get his legs under him in the same way anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like, he is, he is, and he's doubting himself as well as a shooter, which he probably should because he never really got that part down. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, he's a career 30.8% three-point right. shooter. I think he's in a free-fall mode. Mm-hmm. I think he is doing everything he can to collect those triple doubles just to kind of keep himself relevant. I mean, he's also leading the league with 2.6 steals per game. You know what? I'm going to say it. You know, I he, think that's the Paul George effect. Yeah, he just cheats Be- out. He, look at how much he cheats out. Yeah. Like, Paul George is the guy who is just the staple on that team. I'll at least, like... I, I don't want to go into whether Paul George or Russell Westbrook is, like, the best player on that team or whatever. I mean, I think they're both... Oh, just because you have people in your mentions? <laughs> I, I mean, I still think it's probably Russ, but it's really no. close. I, look, Come on! I'll say this. Paul George is, has never been better than he is this season, and especially, really? like, as of late, since the start since the start of December. Let's go there. He's averaging... It's 11 games... He's averaging 31.4 points on nearly 52% shooting, nine rebounds, nearly five assists, more than two steals, almost four threes a game. Like, he's not, I don't think he's going to win MVP. I still think it's Giannis's to lose. But, like, Mm -hmm. if he keeps playing at this level, he'll at least have a legit case to be a top five MVP finisher. Like, oh, for sure. I, I think you could at least make the argument that, like,. I mean, I guess is that what you're saying? Like Paul George this year is playing better than Russell Westbrook this year, or you're... Well, what? No, I'm not saying from a career perspective, well, obviously. Yeah, but like, I guess because he's younger too, you're saying moving forward. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. 
Absolutely. Uh, right. Like, right now, look, even last year, I thought PG-13 was better. Yeah. But but I think it was closer then. Like, right. it was at least a debate. I don't think it's a debate this year. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's close this year. And mm-hmm. next year, I think it's going to be such a disparity between them that yeah. it's going to be insane. And also, when I said that Dame Lillard, Lillard was better than Westbrook, like you were like, oh, 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 your mentions. <laughs> right. Yeah, my mentions. My mentions said, Mort, you're right. <laughs> I I think that Westbrook hate in general has gone too far. But I From from me or overall? No, no, overall. Overall. Oh, okay. But that said, like I there's a legit argument. I'm not I'm not saying you're a hundred percent wrong here. I think it's you it's fair to argue this either way, because like Again, Paul George has never been better. Like, this is... I, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves and just his impact. It's right. not even... Like, you don't even need to look at just the per-game numbers. It's like, he is single-handedly against the Jazz the other night. You know, they were really struggling. He comes and leads, like, a 20-3 to three run or something like that, single-handedly. I mean, he's just... I think... He's, like, grabbing yeah. the game by the horns, finally. I think the best way to put it, from my perspective, is... You know, you know how you have to bridge, you know, the the stats and the eye test. Yeah. Like those two have to make sense together. Yeah. For me, when I watch OKC, it does with Paul George, mm-hmm. but it doesn't with Westbrook. That's what I lean back. That's where I fall back on. Like the okay. numbers clearly look a lot better than his impact. Yeah. And then when you dig into the analytical stuff, you also see, oh, you know, he's a problem but and not in a good way right. like you don't hear a poor opponents go oh russell like westbrook is a problem no like people are actively attacking him right now mm-hmm. well i mean because he's not paul george <laughs> right <laughs> like look to your credit paul george currently leads the league in real plus minus according to espn westbrook is 33rd so like there there's right. your argument right there if you want to say paul george has been better this year i mean yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not saying that Russ is like some sort of G League player. Just... Right, 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 right. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like a question of I think both of those guys are in roles that maximize what they're being asked to do. Like Russ as an MVP, in his MVP year, he had to take 7 threes a game, which is just not it's not what he should be doing. He's not a good shooter. Like and he hit them though that year. Yeah, that was well, that was the weird part. He he drained two hundred triples. Right at thirty four percent. I mean, still right. Not a super efficient shot, but like, so Paul George could be that top scorer, kind of the closer, and Russ could just be more of a facilitator this year. Which he's, you know, again he leads the league, assists for the second straight year. It's the fourth year in a row he's above ten assists per game. Mm-hmm. It, I, I think just like the the MVP version of him is not coming out as much as it once did because they don't need him to. Like they have Paul George now and that would be a dumb for him to take 30 plus field goal attempts when you have Paul George. Like that's why you bring in Paul George. So what's the excuse when they had Durant? <laughs> he was younger. He didn't know better. You know what? I'm actually going to buy that. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. That's fair. I, I think there could definitely be a component of that. I'm I'm on board with that. That's fine. Good. Thank you. All right. Let's move to the third game now. 
Philly at... Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Boston. Because oh, man. we didn't get enough of this in the playoffs or on opening night or in the playoffs this upcoming season. Yeah. So Aaron Baines is going to hit how many threes? Aaron Baines is oh, out. Thank you. He's out, right. I forgot. That That's right. ogre broke yeah. his hand. Yep. <laughs> that's true I that's true okay so yeah oh we're gonna have this in, during prime time of Christmas game and we're gonna be seeing it for like seven games yeah in yeah in the spring yeah I look Most forward likely. to that yeah. yeah I mean so we haven't seen Jimmy Butler with the Sixers against the Celtics so that this is true that does add some intrigue to this game and Aaron Baines is out, so he will not hit 17 <laughs> corner threes, and I won't break my television, which is also great. Uh, I mean, look, the, the Celtics started really, I mean, they were very underwhelming at the start of the year. Brad Stevens has tinkered with his rotations. He's put Marcus Smart in the starting lineup. They really seem to, I mean, they caught fire for a while. They hit, they won eight games in a row, and then... You know, lost a couple bad ones to Detroit. Phoenix got smacked by Milwaukee. Bounced back Sunday with the win over Charlotte. So it seems like they're starting to find their groove a little bit. Um, they've still got, I mean, one of the deepest teams, if not the deepest team in the NBA. So how much do you think Butler plays a factor here? Do you think he could be kind of the the equalizer the Sixers need because they, you know, they lose in five games in the playoffs. They got spanked opening night. I think it was like 105-87, something like that. I mean, this this matchup was not as close as it needed to be if the Sixers thought they were legitimate championship contenders, but now they have Jimmy Butler. Right. Yeah. No, I, I mean, this is why they brought him in. Yeah. He's going up against, you know, elite wings, and it's his job to defend them while still be a playmaker on the other end and be a scorer and be like a tone setter. So obviously this is a test. And and you could argue that through that spectrum, like this is going to be interesting of a game to watch because now you have a legitimate case on your hands. I, I just, look, there's so many wings mm-hmm. on Boston. Yep. There's so many wings. Like yep. you can't ask Jimmy to handle, you know, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, like, it's just too much. So you need to have Ben Simmons swing down. You need to have Wilson Chandler or, you know, whoever, Landry Shamit, <laughs> who's not a strong defender by any stretch. Right. Like, you know, um, and I believe Wilson, he didn't even play against the Raptors, right? Uh, yeah, he was out. I'm not sure. So he what, might. 
Yeah, I'm not sure what his status is for the game. He's been, I mean, to be honest, he like has been somewhat underwhelming this whole year. Yeah. So, it, I mean, he he's a <laughs> he's a warm body. Uh, but yeah, it yeah. looks like he hasn't been, I, I don't see a status update for tomorrow yet. He had a left quad contusion, which caused him to miss the Raptors game. So yeah, he's, he has like the length that they'll need, but that speaks to the, the, like whoever speaks to your point. It's like they have Jimmy, they have Ben and that's about it. Right. And this is going to be, I think that's kind of where this, that's what's going to decide this game tomorrow. I think will be, like, you could argue, is it fair to say the Sixers have three of the top four players in this game? I think that's fair. What I what I also think is fair is that you can argue whether they complement each other. Oh, I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other right. story. I was going to yeah, say, yeah, yeah. outside of those top three, and J.J. Redick is good as well, but, like, right. no championship contender, like, would... Furkan Korkmaz be getting minutes in Toronto? No. Would he be getting minutes for Golden State? No. Would he be getting minutes for Boston? I don't think so. Or Milwaukee? Milwaukee, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. But, like, that's kind of my point is, like, they've got a good top three or top four with J.J. Redick, and then it falls off fast. Yeah. Like, that's where... Markel Fultz's absence, even if he can't hit threes, again, he's like 6'4", he's got a 6'10 wingspan. He can at least give you something on defense. That's where mm-hmm. not having Jair Smith, who's been out <laughs> oh, <here. laughs> because he's a Sixers rookie and needs to have some stupid medical malady. He's out mm-hmm. all year. We don't know when he's going to come back. So they're having, and now you, know, you trade Covington and Sarge for Jimmy Butler, which is a trade you make 10 times out of 10 just because getting that third star is what, You've been lusting after this whole time, but right. it left them very thin outside of their top four. So now they're having to rely on Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, TJ McConnell, Landry Shamit, uh, Furkan, all of whom are, they're kind of like one-dimensional players. They, they're yes. good at certain things, but Brad Stevens and Boston is going to, anytime Landry Shamit's on the floor, they're going to go right at him. Anytime Furkan Korkmaz is on the floor, they're going to go right at him. Right. I they mean, need two-way players. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. They need role players who can play both sides of the court. They don't have that concurrently, currently, and Boston have those guys. Right. Yeah. And right. I, I think that's kind of where this it's going to decide this game. It's like I don't think Sixers well, fans should be going into the game expecting a W necessarily just because right. like death is going to win out at some point. I will throw this in here, though. Okay. The Joel Embiid factor. Mm-hmm. You know, all right, so he's had his troubles, I think it's fair to say, against Al Horford. <laughs> yes, yes. Al Horford has outsmarted him several times. Yeah. But I do think that JoJo has gotten a lot better, a lot a lot more clever on the court in terms of his decision-making. Yes. So if this is going to be a ball game, like a real ball game, he has to just you know, grab that lunch off of Horford's hands. Yeah. And just say, you know what? I'm I'm taking us all the way. I'm gonna go into the post 
and I'm gonna foul out every one of your UMFers <laughs> in this game. Right. I'm gonna end up taking 25 three throws. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm just gonna score every time down low, whether it's a field goal or it's a couple free throws. I am just gonna foul every one of you out. That's that's my way of doing it. Right. Like, <laughs> really, that's the fallback option. Yeah. Which and- isn't necessarily great, but it's an option at the very least. Right. Oh, no, I, I think there's no question, especially with Baines out. If the Sixers want to win, that's how they have to play. They have to play right. inside out through Embiid. And 1985 basketball? Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. just he's bigger than them. Like Horford, as you said, he's had his trouble before. Horford's really crafty. I mean, he's just mm. a good seasoned vet. But without Baines, like Baines has given Embiid trouble just because he's like really physical and matches up size-wise very well. Without him, the Celtics don't have that kind of antidote. So they're going to, you know, they'll throw some, like, double teams and triple teams at him. But as you right. said, his decision-making has been better. Um, I was actually, I was heartened by his comments the other night where he, he basically was like, I don't like shooting threes. Like, I do it because we need it. But he's he's been in the mentality now where, and I noticed this a couple times against the Raptors the other night, you know, they're they're missing three starters. It's not... It's not a landmark win for the Sixers, but the Celtics were out. Ibaka didn't play, and Valanciunas didn't play. So Embiid knew he had a size advantage. So he catches the ball sometimes, wide open at the three-point arc. Usually that's when he would let fly, and you know, more likely right. than not, he would miss it. This time he would catch it and then just immediately go to the basket. Mm-hmm. Like He hasn't taken a three in either of the last two games. I kind of like it. Yeah. Because as long as he just once in a while just steps out there to remind people, you know, I can I can shoot this. Right. That's fine. Yeah. You don't need to go out there and like, from a statistical perspective, like take five threes a game at a bare minimum. Right. Like you don't need that. Take right. them within the flow of the offense. That's fine. If you have a wide open shot, like take it. But if you have the option of going inside against you know a six nine center mm-hmm. or whatever. Like if you if, if Jason Tatum ends up on you off <laughs> right. a switch, right? Like you go in there and you break his arm going through the basket. Like obviously you do whatever you can to just murder fools in the post. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of these bigs who are shooting threes now, they're doing it because that's the modern NBA. But they're also not seven foot two, two hundred and eighty pounds or whatever Embiid is listed as. And furthermore, and I've raised this point before on this podcast. I think because of the evolution of the three-pointer with, you know, the stretch four and the stretch five and, you know, basically the stretch big, Mm -hmm. you don't have big men who are great, necessarily great post defenders anymore Mm -hmm. because people just don't go down there to the same extent. Right. So the whole idea is, oh, I I have to be able to switch. Oh, I have to be able to hedge. I have to be able to guard point guards. I have to be able to do this and this and that, whereas straight up post defense you might actually come in and, oh, oh, there's a guy who's, like, right in my face. Right. You know, two two feet away from the basket. What am I going to do? Yeah. I So I think if you, when you have one guy, like, if you put Shaq in this league today, prime Shaq. Oh, God. Right. He would average 38 points. <laughs> right. Right. And that's that's the way Embiid needs to play. He needs to pretend exactly. he's prime Shaq because he's really the closest thing physically that we've seen since that right i mean maybe yes dwight howard i guess had a case but he never really developed no no yeah he never developed the post moves 
Well, no, I'm sorry to cut you off, but Dwight, even though he's listed at six eleven, yeah, is closer to six nine. Like he's uh, okay. Ben Wallace size more more so than Shaq size. Yeah, even though ironically, like Ben was listed at six nine, he was actually six seven. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. But you know, you catch my drift, right? Like JoJo is legitimately in that same stratosphere in terms of size. Like yeah. he is the first guy we've seen since Shaq who has the combination of raw size, mm-hmm. athleticism, and touch and feel. Yeah. And that is also why, I apologize, I have to mention it, it's inexcusable that he's shooting 48% from the field. But the, and that's what he said about just shooting right. the threes. He was like, I, he said, I need to shoot 50%. Like, it, yeah. it, he said it is inexcusable that I'm shooting this low. So he's, like, cutting threes. As you said, he's not going to cut them out entirely. He'll he'll take them at times when he needs to. and But, like, he's averaging a career-high 3.8 this year, but he's shooting less than 28% on them. I mean, right. remove threes it's, from it's his shot good. selection, and I bet he's closer to 50, if not above 50%. While I agree with you, there's just another layer to it, because only 33.6% of his shots comes within three feet of the basket. Mm, okay. That's just way too low. Like, if you, you compare it to his teammate, Ben Simmons, that's yeah. almost 59%. <laughs> yeah. It's because Ben Simmons can't shoot a jumper. Right. Speaking of, I'm glad you said that because I was talking to you earlier on this podcast about what I don't care about the results for, for tomorrow night. I yeah. care about the entertainment factor. I want, if I am going to be invested in, you know, Philly, Boston, yeah. all that has to happen is Ben Simmons write out a tweet that says, I'm going to take 10 three-pointers tomorrow. <laughs> I I'm think, there. I think Boston would happily accept that. Yeah, I, I just want to see it now. Yeah. He hasn't taken a single three this year. Yeah. I want it. Like, he could, oh, you know what? He could just say, at some point tomorrow, I'm going to be shooting a three. <laughs> right. Just one. You right. know, it's fine. Just, I want to see one. Come on, Ben. He did. It's hit. Christmas. Just let it fly. Let Santa work his magic, okay? He did hit a turnaround jumper against Toronto the other night. Hey, progress. I know, right? That's It's sad that I have to like track that. Like, oh, he shot more than eight feet away from the basket. Yay, good job, man. Oh, I didn't even know it was that far out. I haven't oh, yeah. seen it. How it was, far, how, how it far like away? It's the free throw line. Oh, my word. I know. Is this where I go Michael Scott in your ass and go, it's happening, it's happening? <laughs> no, because it's not no. happening. <laughs> it's happening. All right, Mort, let's move to the game. It's the flashback sale at Mattress Firm. We're celebrating the year we were founded with a special price from 1986, a flashback price of $169 on a new Sleepy's Queen mattress. Plus, get up to $400 off throwback deals on beds. And Wednesday through Sunday, take home a free adjustable base with a purchase of just $599. But hurry in, these awesome blasts from the past savings won't last forever. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply, valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're most excited for Ugh, the no. Los Angeles Lakers are taking on the two-time defending champion Golden State Warriors. LeBron I'm so versus upset. the Warriors again. Yeah, I'm so upset we can't curse on this podcast anymore. <laughs> Is there anything I, you're excited about here? No. Is, it is it's LeBron's first time with the Lakers against the Warriors. I don't care. I know who LeBron is. <laughs> Doesn't change who he is. But do you know who LeBron's supporting cast is against the Warriors? I don't care. The Lakers I know who they are. The Lakers did keep it somewhat competitive against the Warriors last year. They played two games they lost, they went 0 and four, but yeah. their two games at home both went to overtime. And they didn't I, have I LeBron. That's nice. I'm I don't sure. care. NBA, you got to yeah. give me something. I'm trying to be your hype man here, and I'm working with <laughs> Morton Ezer Scrooge on the other side. <laughs> look, look, if the NBA were going to get me hyped, then they should replace Lakers Warriors with, like, Toronto Denver. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I am so over the whole LeBron versus Golden State angle. I'm done. Yeah. I don't want it anymore. Look, we know what's going to happen. Like, for... You know, you know, the game is going to come on, and it's going to be like the first 20 minutes of the game is going to be like, oh, LeBron lost us. Now he's with a new team. Let's go to the LeBron narrative. And <laughs> right. while we're at it, let's look at Kevin Durant, and let's compare their stats. Yeah. Who are closer? Oh, and will they join forces next year in Los Angeles? All the subplot. Dude. Dude. It's... Yeah. Ugh. It's just over with. Yeah. It's done. We've heard this narrative for so many years. I don't care. I don't care anymore. So sorry, NBA, but you know you you can't help Brian make this more attractive right now. I'm you know I am Mr. Grinch. I admit it. It's just no, no. I'm out on that game. I think the entertaining part from my perspective is I saw some clips going around last night where you know reporters were asking the Lakers about this game and like so one of them asked Rajon Rondo, "Does this game take on any more importance given who you're facing?" And he's like, "No." It's just a regular season game. I don't care. It's, it counts the same as every other regular season game. Yep. And, and then they asked LeBron, like, does it mean anything more? He's like, or they, he, I think they asked, can you use this as a measuring stick? He's like, no. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the two child champions. We're, you know, we, we, we've got two and four in our last six. Like, we're nowhere near their level. So it's like the Lakers are already, like, they've accepted that they're just going to get routed here. But they're just like oh now to I'm even more excited yeah now they're just like softening <laughs> expectations like don't panic don't fire Luke Walton when we lose by 25 yeah I mean look I get that it can be very exciting to see Kyle Kuzma make a running hook shot over Kevin Durant that's going to be overanalyzed by Lakers fans for for seeing 14 hours afterwards but right. eh I mean I'm just not there I. I, I would like to see the NBA shake this this day of the year up a little bit. Like, look, this is the perfect game to actually talk about the teams that's not there. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Yeah. Like, why are we having a Christmas Day slate of games that doesn't include the Toronto Raptors? Please. I guess. Like, we... This, there, but, and, and let me just finish, because okay. this there's no way the NBA was sitting there going, oh, they might implode. Right, no, no, no. Like, they cannot use lack of uh, potential success as an excuse because they have the Knicks in there. <laughs> right. The freaking Knicks. <laughs> That's fair. So, I mean, look, they, they, they got Kawhi. Yeah. They knew. They knew this was going to be a great-ass 
15. Mm-hmm. So why are we here with another LeBron slash Warrior stance? Why are we here with, you know, following th- that game? The Blazers and the Jazz. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, for the Toronto perspective, I think it, the NBA probably just, like, didn't know what was up with Kawhi. Like, was he going to play this year? Was an open question going into training camp. It was a dumb question because, of course, he was. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, there there was the risk, I guess, that his quad flared up again and he had another loss season like he did last year, and then it would be last year's Raptors without Demar Derozan, in which case they would get routed. But yeah, like right. in retrospect, like. Do I wish the NBA had flex scheduling like the NFL does? And do I wish, like, the NBA could just change opponents and, like, flex Toronto into this game? Oh, absolutely. Wait, wait, hang up. So I don't know a whole lot about the NFL. Okay. so the I N- did not know they had flex schedules. Educate me. So it, it does not work the way I just suggested. The NFL, so, like, they can move because all the games are on Sunday. Minus, like, a couple games on Thursday or Monday, Saturday, a couple times. Right. So if if a team is, you know, one team gets the Sunday night game at 8.20 p.m. Eastern, uh, or one or two teams do, whatever. There's one game at 8.20. So they assign all of those games out at the beginning of the season. If one of those teams was supposed to be good, like the San Francisco 49ers, I think we're in one of these later season games, Sunday night games, mm-hmm. their quarterback towards ACL, their top running back towards ACL, they just went to the toilet. The NFL can move a game into that Sunday night slot and make it, you know, like choose a more appealing game and like oh. push one of the bad teams out. So like, you know, say there were 10 games on Christmas Day and like five nationally televised ones for the NBA. Yeah, the, the NBA could have pushed the Warriors Lakers game out and like put Toronto Denver in or something like that. Oh, now that would be interesting. Yeah. The thing is, with the NBA, it's a nightmare because there's so that much that many more games. Right. I should say. Yeah. So yeah. There, there's no good way to do it. Like I'm with you. I, I'm not super psyched about this game because we know how it's gonna end, and. At least in years past, you know, Cleveland Warriors, yeah, it got boring after a while. But, like, at least that could have been a finals preview. Like, this year, this Lakers-Warriors can't be a finals preview. At best, it's a conference finals preview. And I think that's even probably a stretch. Yes. So, like, I, I would have so. I would have liked to see a Toronto Warriors or, like, a Lakers-Celtics. Pelicans, Pelicans would have been fun. I, I was going to say, like, Lakers-Celtics just to, like, play up that old rivalry thing. I mean, I think... right. The reason it is what it is is LeBron's the most marketable athlete, the Lakers are one of the most marketable franchises, and the Warriors are the two-time defending champions. And you combine all of that, ratings! And you still get something that is very boring. <laughs> right, but ratings! Yeah. Oh, man. No, look, I get the logic behind it. I do. Yeah. It's just... it's You just know that this is all about the narrative again. Right. Like right. oh we know what you know what people click on in terms of articles we know that ESPN likes to do the whole LeBron Golden State dance we know all these things mm-hmm. so let's put a game up there so we can really just dig into it right 
Like you've just heard it a million times before. I just I'm done with it. And I I think I said as much as last year when they put up like you know the Cavs and and the Warriors. Like why? Just you're this the most progressive sports league on the planet. Mm-hmm. Recognize you know who who these young great players are. Like look at Doncic and yeah. the Mavs. I mean, come on. Would you not? Would you not have loved a you know, Denver Nuggets Dallas Mavericks game on Christmas. I'm, like I, Jokic yeah. versus Dantic. I'm so sad we don't have Luka Dantic on Christmas. Right? So sad. I mean Yeah, and then I get I get the argument there. Well nobody knew right. Dantic was gonna be good because, you know, he didn't attend college. <laughs> and, so. he's fat. and he's fat. And he's fat. And he's fat. We don't even know if he can dunk at basketball because <laughs> right. he's European and thus very unathletic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. You know what would make this matchup exciting? If Anthony Davis were on the Lakers. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> yep. You know what? That That's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's it. That's why they don't have the Pelicans because right after this podcast is done recording, AD is flipped somehow yeah. to the Lakers and he's ready in uniform already by tomorrow, even <laughs> yeah. though that completely exceeds league protocol. Yep. Right. Yeah, he's going to tell the Pelicans he's rejecting their Supermax. He's doing it six months early to give them time before the trade deadline to really juice up the offers. Of then course. he's going to be there in uniform go. tomorrow. Yeah. And even then, I still wouldn't care <laughs> about the narrative. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you, apparently Voldemort, who has been very quiet this season, shockingly oh. quiet, I did like come that. out today and say that the Lakers have enough talent even without Anthony Davis. Indirectly just hyping up his son. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Voldemort, as per usual, is very much wrong. <laughs> right. Apparently, he has not been yeah. watching his te- his son's team very much this season. So I think I've said this before. I just I'm just going to reiterate it. I don't want AD to be moved. I don't yeah. want him joining forces like with Boston or L.A. Yeah. I, I actually want him to... I want to see him in New Orleans. Or at least a team where he's still like the number one guy. Right. I don't want him to be Kevin Loved. I don't want him to be one of those guys who just... You know, who, who are so valuable that he's going to come to a team with this very ball-dominant guy who's... You know, dictates everything, and then that's about it. Mm-hmm. Like if he's gonna be, you know, matched up or or you know paired up, sorry, with another star, it should be like you know a Dame Lillard type guy. Like right, right. that would be fun. But if he's going to a team full of stars like Boston, mm-hmm. or to a team with LeBron like the Lakers, like I I just think his overall game and impact would be, you know, affected and not in a good way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be interesting because the so the. Celtics can't trade for him until July because they have Kyrie Irving Correct. and you can't have two designated players. Uh, on, right, unless you, Kyrie is included. Right, yeah, unless yeah, unless they trade Kyrie for Anthony Davis, which makes no sense right. uh, for the Pelicans. And so, like, if the Pelicans are going to trade Anthony Davis this season, which they are not, the mm-hmm. Lakers are the clear favorite, the Pelicans aren't doing anything until they can literally hand him a piece of paper saying, here is $240 million. Do you want this or do you not? And so, like, Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report and Albert Namad of Hot Hot Hoops, I think it is. He's, you know, a salary cap expert on on Twitter. Um, 
they've been pointing out ways. Apparently, like Anthony Davis has a trade kicker that no one knew about until a couple days ago. So there are ways for him to recoup a lot of what he would lose by turning down the supermax if he is traded. Like I think interesting. I think it's only like sixteen million short of what he could. You know, he can get traded, then sign an extension, and then like a two or three year extension. I forget how many years exactly, but position it so he becomes a free agent after ten years in the league. At which point he can sign, you know, the thirty five percent max, and then. Right. He's still pretty close to. So, like, the financial... Someone is going to get that information to Anthony Davis if they haven't already. Like, the financial bonus that... Or financial advantage that the Pelicans have is not nearly as severe as once presumed. And so hmm. it, it does beg the question of, like... You know, I was seeing Nate Jones of Goodwin Sports tweeting about this last night. About how, like... Have we just built the NBA up into such a rings or bust culture that, like, you know, I'd love to see Anthony Davis continue to just dominate in in New Orleans. But, like, I don't know what moves they can make to ever build a title contender around him because they're never going to be bad enough where they get another, like, top five pick, most likely, as long as he stays healthy. And I just right. don't have confidence that that team is going to be able to draw one or two other superstars. So, like, have we gotten to the point where he realizes that? He knows he's not going to win a ring if he stays there, and he's willing to make a move to a LeBron James team just because he's like, screw it. Like, I, you know, he said, there was a, I think it was Sam Amick the other day had the article where he's like, my legacy means more to me than money. Like, I'll, yeah, I'll sacrifice if I need to. I mean, I, I think it's a good point. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm rooting for Kemba Walker to stick in Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, look, he's the greatest Hornet we've seen so far. I mean, you could argue that Alonzo Mourning and Larry Johnson were better better in their primes, and that's fine. But they didn't have the longevity. Mm-hmm. Like Kemba Walker, just by longevity and production alone, is is arguably at least the best Hornet of all time. If he sticks around for the next four or five years, he's undoubtedly the best Hornet of all time. Right. That's that means something. That has some value as well. Like, we don't want to completely dry up every other team just right. so we can create these, you know, super teams. And and again, I I'm not actually fearful of that to that extent because the league has never had as much talent as it does right now. Mm-hmm. The concern is if you have like the top five, you know, the if you have the top ten players. And you have five on one team and five yeah. on the other one. Yeah. Like that, then it just becomes extremely difficult. And then you can say, "Oh, well, you still have, you know, a two top twenty players on this." Yeah, that's fine. But that's, you know, the the real difference is in the top ten or the top five. If you yeah. have the elites of the leads, those are game changers. Those are season turnarounders. Those are championship level players. Like you just cannot get around that fact. Right. AD is one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be. I mean, this will not be the last time we talk about Anthony Davis's upcoming. I mean, it's not. Even, oh no, he's not even a free agent for another year and a half. But like, he's not even playing tomorrow. And we're talking about him for twenty five minutes. Yeah, naturally. No. Well, you know, he has been. There's been a lot of stuff tying him to the Lakers lately, or at least like a lot of smoke starting to point in that direction. So, and hey, again, that's like the only thing that could make us interested in Lakers Warriors tomorrow is if Anthony Davis was somehow involved. <laughs> that's the moral of the story. So basically, 
if you're like it, you know because Christmas Day you're like you have to spend time with family and like not all of us are as lucky as you more where all these games are on at night like Philly Boston oh, at five thirty right. p.m. Eastern time like pretty much dinner time for anyone on the East Coast so you have to be smart about your time try to figure out where you're gonna sneak away from your family skip Lakers Warriors yeah just skip it look that's where I'm gonna go to bed because yeah. that's at two a.m. for me yeah. So it, it so basically it's Bucks Knicks at six actually for me then at okay. nine it's Thunder Rockets, mm-hmm. which I'm really annoyed by because I actually wanted Sixers Boston instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, and then at eleven thirty it's Sixers Celtics then two two a.m. Lakers Warriors four thirty a.m. in the morning Trailblazers Jazz. <laughs> so yeah, lucky lucky me Brian. That's right, <laughs> lucky me. Well, let's move into the final game Trailblazers Jazz. I mean, I would watch that game during a... Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811 select styles excludes in-store clearance the starlight lounge presents an evening with the progressive box yeah that's hugo tickling the ivories he just saved by bundling home and auto with progressive gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours hugo send her my condolences hi oh this next one's for you too there's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Season, I, I would, not live, I would right. wake up the following morning and I would put it on week pass. Right. But this is Christmas games. These games are supposed to have a whole, you know, bunch of significance behind them and snoozeville. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I guess the NBA needed to have a West Coast team hosting the game just because you can't make an East Coast team host a game starting at 10.30, which makes sense. Right. But, and, and like, I guess, you know, people were saying Utah could be the second best team in the West, and, like, Portland made the playoffs last year. They were the three seed last year. You mm-hmm. do have Damian Lillard, who is just a all-star lock, and he's playing better than ever. Maybe yep. they were hoping Donovan Mitchell was going to take a big step forward and figured it I think, just, yeah. And, like, they thought it was just going to be, like, two superstar go- guards going mano a mano. But, like, also the Jazz have a really good defense, which could limit the entertainment value here significantly. Yeah. I think you hit it all right on the head. And and Donovan Mitchell has been struggling. He just hasn't had this, you know, an offensive supporting cast that could consistently rise up and, and show up like now you have Kyle Korver who has improved like the overall mechanics of the team I mm-hmm. will say yeah but like there isn't that you know who's the second leading scorer that's Rudy Gobert at 14.6 points a game right like this is a worse situation than Kemba when you really look at it where Jeremy Land was like the second leading scorer like you need a secondary creator in some capacity. And like mm-hmm. you can throw, hey, Dante Exum can create at me as much as you want, but he's scoring 6.6 points a game. Right. Yeah, like Joe Ingles can create. 
he can create, but you know, he's still a low volume scorer overall. Right. Though. Right. No, exactly. That's what, like he can. Do you want him as your number two option offensively? Right. No. 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 I mean, <laughs> I'd rather want him create for others. I think yeah. he's better at that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, you know, Mitchell. He's just not. He hasn't taken the leap, as you said, and he's been he's been good still. It's just like he set expectations so high as a rookie that right. this season is it's being viewed as somewhat of a disappointment, which is pretty unfair to him. Like he's twenty, like what twenty two year old averages twenty points a game in his second season? And we're like, oh, this guy's like meh. Apparently, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, right, right. now. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's weird. It's definitely weird. Um because I I have seen a few areas where he has improved. Yeah. Like he's getting to the line more and he's doing so in a very analytical analytical manner. Like mm-hmm. and when when you look at him drive before he was just very emotional on his drives where it was just like, "Oh, I can do this. I believe in my jumping ability whatever it were." Now he's more calculative. Like he's going to the rim, he's looking for that defender who's jumping up a little bit too early. Like he's just He's thinking the game out a little bit more. Uh, it's just unfortunate that he's less efficient overall. But it's like he's taking so many you know bailout shots, and I will I will concede he hasn't had great shot selection this year. Like he, yeah. it's not all about him being put in a bad situation. Not everything. Like he, there is a tendency to him to just pull up at weird times and just be a little bit too quick on the trigger. But like you said, twenty two, like. I'm not worried about him individually. I'm worried about the Jazz building up a proper team around him. Again, I've mentioned this guy going to the Jazz several times because I love the fit. Like, Nikola Miritich? Mm-hmm. Woof. That, that, his presence in Utah would just... Yeah. That would just allow Mitchell to explode. Yeah. Right. It, it goes back to... I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago or even a month ago at this point. Like, the whole... Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert thing worked a lot better this year, or last year, than it did this mm-hmm. year. And if you put a stretch for it in Favors' place, I think we, we see a little bit more, you know, there's, there's probably a lot more spacing, for sure. Yeah. But the Jazz just might have a much better offense in general. So, I mean, this game could be good. Like, if it comes down, if it's a close game in the last five minutes, it probably just turns into a Donovan Mitchell versus Damian Lillard with CJ McCollum playing sidekick as well. Like that like that could be really fun. I'm there for that. Yeah. But there's also a chance that I don't, I mean I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. It just feels like this also could just be a really low scoring game. I it could be because of the Jazz defense you're thinking. Yeah. 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 I I do think that Dame's offensive Production at this point is is going to outweigh that somewhat. Okay. Yeah. He's just he's too good to be you know being thrown into like a three fourteen night. I think. Yeah. At, at least right now, like this dude is averaging twenty seven a game, six assists. You know, hitting three triples a game, getting to the line at seven times a game, shooting eighty nine percent. Like he's just uber efficient, and he like, he's just playing so well. We really do not talk enough about Dane. Yeah as a player right now. And also, I just want to throw this in there. Like, defensively, he's not as bad as he used to be. Yeah. Like, he's he's really putting in the effort. I mean, I, he's always going to be somewhat limited 
and there's definitely a ceiling on his defense. Right. But, like, we used to put him and Kyrie in the same sentence defensively. <laughs> right, like, right. I'm done with that. I mean, I know that Kyrie has gotten better defensively, but a lot of that is scheme. Yeah. Because, hey, hi, Brad Stevens. Yeah. Like, Dame individually has gotten better. Like, he's reading screens a lot better. He's just thinking the game out more. He's also cut down on his turnovers on the other end, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm loving what he's doing right now. Yeah. Just loving it. And if he's not if he's not going to be voted in an all-star... Oh, no. There's no way. Right? Yeah. I mean, but... I mean, he's been screwed out of that I a know. couple of times. I know. I'm, like, writing something for a fan side right now about who, like, might make it as a first-time All-Star. So I was trying to mm-hmm. figure out, you know, which guys are locks in each conference, basically. Dame, I think, is a stone-cold lock. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. in 2016, 2017, he was averaging 27 and 6. Yeah. And five boards. Yeah. I think the Blazers no were... They were worse then, though, because that was the year. Wasn't that the year where Nurkic came over? And like, uh, yeah, yeah, mid- midway through the season, so they yeah. got yeah, so they better were like, later on. They were kind of underwhelming for a lot of the year, and I think they were below five hundred even going into the All Star break. And then Nurkic came, and like all of a sudden they were good. Right, but still twenty seven. Yeah, I mean, I know, but like you hate it, and we'll we'll definitely have an All Star. Uh, or a couple All Star podcasts as we get a little closer to the selection show. I'm the biggest Grinch. I know. Well, you hate the team success factors in, but it does. And yeah, I'm looking now. The Blazers heading into the All Star break that year were 23 and 33. I would. St- yeah, I I don't think that would be bad enough to exclude him though. Right, but like I'm saying, this year it works in right. his favor that they're. I mean, they're 19 and 14 right now. You know, they're, they're in yeah. the playoff. I mean, <laughs> literally every Western Conference team, aside from the Suns, is in the playoff race. But, you know, they're... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so sad. It's preposterous. <laughs> but I, I'm saying, like, they're a much yeah. more competitive team this year than they were two years ago. So I think right. that's going to work in his favor. I, there's no way he's not an all-star. Oh, my God. I hadn't realized that, actually. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just looking at literally the picture right team. now. Like, Phoenix is, is like, the ultimate high school outsider right now. Yeah. Yep. But Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. the second worst team is New Orleans at 15 and 19. It's absurd. Yeah, they still have a chance. Right. Like, they obviously still have a chance. Like, they're not... Oh, if if yeah. New Orleans was in the East, they would be a game and a half out. Phoenix is, like, that emo kid who's, <laughs> at the same time, a very bad jock. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's like still like in nineteen eighties nerd? Yeah, like at the same time, yeah. like just all the unpopular types just rolled into one. <laughs> oh god, that is just that is unfortunate. It's I really, haven't even seen that. Yeah, yeah it's really bad. It, all right, it, it's brutal. And I like I, to your point about Dame. He is playing. I, I think much like Paul George, I would argue Dame's probably playing better than ever. And, yeah, you know, without him, that Portland team is terrible. So yeah, he's. He would be what I assume is a stone cold lock to make it to the the All Star game, but the Western Conference snubs for the All Star game are gonna be oh yeah this year like the, oh the East I think you're gonna get most of the guy there will be like one or two snubs because like there's probably like thirteen or fourteen guys who really deserve it and there's only twelve mm. you know twelve selections for Eastern Conference players the West it's like some combination of Mike Conley, Luka Doncic, Tobias Harris, 
Yeah, Darren Fox. Yeah. None of those guys, like one of the, one of those guys, probably makes it in at most. So glad you mentioned Dantich. I was just about to say, oh, we're oh. gonna have a debate later on. Oh no! Like in terms of all star snubs. Yeah, no. yeah, he's absolutely on the list. He, yeah, yeah. He, he's like one of those guys. He's one of the guys who could be a first time all star because Jokic is in for sure. Yeah, he should be at least. I also didn't realize I, I was doing research for this thing. Guess the last guy to make the all star game as a rookie. Blake Griffin. Wow, well done. Yeah. Yeah. In 2010. And yep. he he wasn't a rookie because he missed his first right, season. Right, he missed his first season. Yeah. yeah. So guess the first actual rookie, Donovan Mitchell, to make it. Not counting Blake Griffin. Uh, Wait, what about Donovan Mitchell? <laughs> I'm making fun of his not a rookie thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, I was, you just threw him away. So the yeah. first one there, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan was the, yeah, there was one other guy in between, Yao Ming, in 2002. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. Damn it. But yeah, because the, he got all the Chinese war votes. Yeah. <laughs> right. But the point is, it's very, very rare for a rookie to make the All-Star game. So Right, it is. But that's why I want Luca in there, because he's one of the few that actually deserves it. So yeah. that's... Oh, we just went off on a tangent here, which is <laughs> typical of us. But by the way, just, just you mentioned Dame, and you put him in connection with Paul George. Mm-hmm. Ironically, for a couple of years now, I've been wanting to pair those guys on a team. Well, in the All Star game, they will. Yeah, but team, like Team oh, USA, the, those, they will. Those two guys. Yeah. Just with the shooting alone. Yeah. Paul George's, you know, all aroundedness, like, and they're in the same age bracket. Like, oh, they would be so, so damn good. That would be Russell Westbrook for Damian Lillard. Who says no? Portland, hopefully. <laughs> Oh my God! Like Portland would be asking, so how many first rounders are you giving up? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we had to do something to spruce up this Portland Utah game because, again, it's just. Hopefully next yes. year we get Luca, we get Kawhi, we get right. Zion, wherever Zion's playing. And let's hope Zion is healthy. I'm so worried about those knees. Yeah. I really am. Like 280 pounds on that frame. What? Woo. Let's just hope he doesn't go to Philly then. <laughs> He'd miss his first three seasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, um, we're laughing, but it's actually not that funny. Well, it's just true. It's just it's completely just... true. Uh, well, oh, yeah. On that note, I think that's a good place to wrap things up. So thank you for tuning in today. Hope you all have a happy holidays. Enjoy the games tomorrow. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. You can find all of our latest episodes there. You can also find our Twitter handles in our bio. So give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes. So please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker. So check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Taporic, and I was joined as always by Morton Jensen. Happy holidays, Mort. Well, thank you, Brian. That was not... <laughs> that was not a dig at all. And by the way, just so we don't forget to tell people, if you're wondering about this being the 192nd episode instead of the 991st, uh, we didn't tweet out that last episode. We didn't really oh, promote yeah. it at all because we were trying to look at some statistics and trying to create some benchmarking. So if you are surprised by this episode number, you can go back in the feed and you can listen to our latest episode as well. Yes. Very belated Trevor Ariza trade analysis. Which you totally still need. Right. At this point. (laughs) 
Right. And, and a lot on the Dylan Brooks, Marsha Brooks debacle as well. And now we are covering, you know, the <laughs> the Christmas Day games that are only going to last for like 12 hours. We are just, we are just <laughs> so good right game, now. Baby. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take care, man. Later. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clear. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer. This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants.